0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kirwansvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. All right, guys, what I'd like you to do is I want you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14. We're just going to look at five verses today. We're going to look at verses 12 through 18. And, you know, as I was preparing this message and wrapping it up on Friday, I realized, I I thought, man, this is a very important passage of Scripture and, and I'm really hoping that you will allow God to speak to you through, through his word today. Uh, because I'm going to be honest with you, this passage of scripture, while a lot of us know it, some of us will even quote part of it, we misunderstand it. We, we misunderstand what, what he's trying to convey here. And so we get frustrated by it. I'll be honest with you, uh, this, this passage created a frustration in my life at one point. And so what we want to do, remember, we're doing this study, going through the Gospel of John, trying to get to know Jesus. And as we get to know Jesus, as we're meeting Jesus, we're getting to know ourselves. And so what I want us to see today is that he's going to give us a passage that's going to help us with a promise that is awesome. And I hope it will help you as it was helping me as I was doing this. Well, you're talking about misunderstanding. Well, let's, let's talk about that. Before we get into these verses and I share them with you, let me tell you about how we misunderstand things. So here's the, here's the first one. We tend to see our relationship in terms of self. We, we tend to see our relationship with Jesus in terms of self. Now, before you reject that, let me, let me help you understand why I said that, okay? Because you might be saying, no, I don't, I don't see it in terms of that. Now, listen to me. I think you do. Because look at the way you pray and what you pray about. I I've I've done that sometimes. I, I I have to I have a prayer list that's on my iPad and I go through it and I look, and, and then I, I begin to realize that most of the stuff I'm praying about has to do with me. Do, do, do you know what I'm saying? Think about it. Most of the stuff that we pray about has to do with me and the stuff that I'm facing and, and not just the stuff that I'm facing. A lot of it has to do with the stuff that I'm wanting. Did you understand what I'm saying? If we're if we're brutally honest with ourselves. A lot of the requests and and, and interacting with Jesus, a lot of the relationship with him is me, 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 me. Now now think about that with a moment for any other relationship in your life. If you think about any marriage relationship, any dating relationship, any relationship between siblings, any relationship between friends. if, If one person is only focused on themselves, how's that relationship going? It's not going. It's suffering. It's it's like, yeah, there are some people that will put up with anything, but a, a lot of times they're like, I'm done here. You know what I'm saying? Because all they do is talk about themselves and what they want and blah, 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 blah. And uh, nobody cares about the other person in this relationship. How's that any different with God? If you think about it, we, we misunderstand and we see our relationship w- with him in terms of Self now here's where the frustration comes from our misunderstanding of Jesus leads to our frustration and defeat leads to our defeat our frustration so one of the verses we're going to look at here today is in verse 13 you'll know this verse and whatever you ask in my name I will do that the father may be glorified in the son you guys know that verse right we claim that verse, right? We, we grab a hold of it as a promise. Whatever I ask in, in his name is going to happen until it doesn't happen, right? And a lot of times it doesn't happen. And, and so you get frustrated. It creates a crisis of faith. You and I understand that kind of frustration because how many times have you prayed so hard for something it didn't happen. Is there, should we just rip that page out of the Bible? Is, is Jesus right in everything except that one verse? Get, let me get my pocket knife out. We'll cut that verse out. What, what's going on here? No, the verse is right. It's just that we misunderstand what he's talking about. Because here's what we do sometimes, and and I realize this. Sometimes what we do is is we see a verse and it says so much to us, but it's not about what he's talking about. We we take a text out of a context. And when you take text out of the context, you're left with a what? A con. And so my job today is is to help you to understand what he's talking about in this passage, and that's going to help you. Now, do I keep praying about stuff? Yes. Do I keep wanting him to take care of stuff? Yes. A lot of times we're frustrated and defeated before God because we expect him to do things that he never promised. So what's he talking about here? Well, that's what I'm supposed to tell you today. I'm supposed to help you to understand that he's talking about his work. And remember, let me set it up for you. What's going on here? Here's what's going on. Remember, he's in the upper room. This is Thursday. He's having the Passover meal with his disciples. They're thinking, all right, he's coming. This is it. We're his right hand man. He's going to overthrow the Romans. He's going to establish himself as king. It's gravy train. From here on out, everything's going to be perfect. We're with him. And so they're having this meal together. And Jesus is saying, One of you is going to betray me. I'm going to die. I'm going away, and you can't go with me. Peter, tonight, buddy, three times you're going to deny me. Whoa, what's going on? And so he comes along, and he's trying to give them some assurance. Look, a new commandment I give you, love one another. He's trying to tell them how they're supposed to be while he's away. And these verses talk about right now, you and I, while we're waiting for Jesus to come. And I'm hoping they're going to encourage you. So let's look look at it, okay? Look with me. We'll start with verse 12. And then we'll get to verse 18. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. All right, so let's take a look. These are some great verses. A lot of times we misunderstand them. Let's focus on what's happening here. So here's what I want to do. We're going to look at verses 12 and 13, and we're going to talk about his continued work. Okay, so let me kind of set it up for you here. Jesus is preparing them. He's telling them, I'm going away, I'm going away. You can't go with me. But in the meantime, there's still stuff that needs to be done. There's still work that needs... All the work that we've been doing, there's still work that needs to be done. And you guys are the ones who are going to carry it on. And we're going to talk about what that work is here in a moment. But then, I'm going to send somebody to help you. And that's what we're going to focus on in the last part, the helper. Okay? So let's look at this, the continued work. I got three statements I want you to see here, okay? So here's what he says. Look with me at verse 12. Most assured, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works he will do also, and the greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. So he's saying, okay, you guys are going to be able to do greater things than me. What's he talking about? So If you think about what Jesus did. All right, let me ask you something. What were some of the miracles Jesus did? Anybody tell me here? What were some of the miracles? Don't be shy. We got coffee in the back to get your blood flowing. What are some of the miracles? Feeding the 5,000. Okay, anybody else? What's that? Heal the blind. Okay, anybody else? Walking on water. What were you going to say in their tank? Yep, raising Lazarus from the dead. Okay, what's that? Water to wine. So all these amazing things. Okay. Since Jesus, has that happened? What's he talking about? Greater works. Yeah, maybe the apostles did some things in the book of Acts, but not like any of that. What's he talking about here? Here's what he's talking about. Here's my point I want you to see. Jesus states that his fathers will have a greater impact when he's gone. That's what he's talking about. Impact. Because remember now, the works, raising Lazarus from the dead, that's the last big one that he just did. Did that change anybody's heart? Did that all of a sudden get everybody convinced that Jesus is the Messiah? No, because we found out right after that, they now want to what? Kill him and Lazarus. So it's not that the works you do are going to change people's minds. It's the impact of what you're doing and the message that you're bringing. He's saying, you're going to have a greater impact than me. And let's be honest, we already know that he did that. Why? Because Jesus' ministry was confined to Galilee and where? Jerusalem and Judea. And only to the Jews. But guess what? Christianity since then has spread where? Everywhere. Why? The faithfulness of his people, his disciples. And they've done greater works. Greater works. So this is what he's talking about. He's talking about you and I. So here's the problem. You just keep going on living your life for him because why? You're going to have an impact where you are about your faith. That's the reality here so then that brings up the next part because as you're going about living your life living it for Jesus living it for him letting others see in your life you're going to have things that you need to see God do in order to have an impact and so then comes the issue of prayer so look with me verse 13 and 14 now it makes sense and whatever you ask in my name that I will do that God may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So here's what he's saying. As you're going about the work, as you're going about living your life for me, as you are trying to make an impact wherever you are, in the community that you live in, in the neighborhood that you live in, in the family that you live in, you ask of me and I will do it so that who is glorified? Jesus, God. So here's what he's saying here. Here's what he says. Whenever you ask in accordance with Jesus' person will be answered, whatever you ask, in accordance with who he is. So, okay, you know what, Lori and I, we got rid of our Yukon in the fall, it was starting to rust out, we needed to get rid of it, so I'm driving around, I bought Madison's Buick from her, so I'm driving the Buick around, and guess what we're realizing? We're realizing, I need to get a truck, that Buick can't haul nothing around. Just me. Barely me. Okay? So I got to get a better vehicle. I'm getting a better. So I'm praying now. God, I need a new truck. I need a new truck, God. I need a new truck. Jesus, I'm claiming a verse. Whatever I ask in your name, it's all for the kingdom, God. I need a new truck. He's not answered that prayer yet. Okay? I don't expect him to. Why? Because I want a truck. Doesn't necessarily mean I need a truck. I want one. Especially when I'm telling him what kind, what color, what features. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Isn't that how we are in prayer? You know, God, I, I want the new Bluetooth stuff. You know what I'm saying? I I, I want the GPS working. You know, uh, you know, I I don't want somebody's name on the side of it because I bought it used. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, God doesn't necessarily answer those prayers because that's not necessary. I got to, whenever I'm asking in accordance with what he wants done, he says, I'll do it. Why? So that God is glorified. That changes your whole perspective on prayer because prayer is no longer about what I want. Prayer is about what God wants. Did you understand what I'm saying? Prayer is about impacting people for the kingdom, for him. That's reality. Okay, so then here's the third thing. Then he gets to what really matters. Look with me, verse 15. We know this verse. If you love me, keep my commandments. Okay, we understand that. So you got to be obedient. But yeah, but what ex- exactly is he talking about? Well, he just said it a few verses over in 13. A new commandment I give unto you that you what? Love one another. And by this shall they know that you are my What? disciples you want people to know about jesus how do you let them know about jesus walk around beating them on the head with your bible no love loving each other people seeing a community where people are there and they're caring for each other and they're there for them when they're hurting and stuff and they're like man there's something different there why are they different it's because of jesus if you want to show that you love Jesus, love each other. You know, I used to think, you know, years ago, I was in that little bitty Independent Baptist Church in West Columbia, South Carolina. We had some dear old saints that could quote the Bible. But man, they were miserably mean. And just would tear the head off of anyone who talked to them wrong. And I, I thought to myself... Boy, he can quote the Bible, but man, his heart's not right. Is that for real? And I've since grown to realize that ain't right. How can you say you love Jesus and tear apart people? How's that supposed to show people you are a follower of Jesus, right? And so there we see the continued work. Now, here's the issue. Now, here's the problem. Because when you look at those three things, so you look at it. So we're going to have a greater impact in him. That's the first thing. We're going to do greater works. We're going to be able to pray as we do that work. And God's going to answer us so that work can take place. And in the meantime, we're going to be obedient to him to love one another. Now, here's the thing. How do we do that? Because I'm going to be honest right now. When you look at those three things, that just seems hard, right? Especially that last one. What do you mean the last one? Being told that you've got to love somebody is hard. Especially if they tick you off. Pluck your nerve, your last nerve or whatever. Come in having a bad hair day or a no hair day. Did you understand what I'm saying? And they come in and you're supposed to love them? How do I do that? Because today I don't feel like loving anybody. You ever get that way? Wake up in the morning, you don't know what happened to you, maybe you were up late, drank too much coffee, and you're like, you didn't sleep well, the heat was miserable, and you just don't love anyone today, please leave me alone. And Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandment, what, love one another? How do I do that? How do I do the things he's telling me to do? How do I make this impact? How do I see answered prayer? He says this, I think it is powerful what he says, look with me at verse 16 to 17, this is where the helper comes in, okay? Okay. And I will pray. So here's what he's saying. These things you're going to do, you're going to see things, and I'm going to pray. Meaning, just as you do those things, I'm going to ask God to do something to help you. Here's it. I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that you may abide, that he may abide with you forever. All right, let me stop. Another helper. What do you, All right, so that word... Okay, so I'm a guy who looks at original languages and stuff, so I'm looking at the literal, you look at helper, you see that. The word that is used there, all right, is also used one other place in the Bible. It's only used in the Gospel of John in chapter 14, 15, and 16. And we, depending on your translation, we'll see comforter, King James says comforter, helper, counselor, okay, used one other time in another letter in the New Testament, and it's in 1 John, same guy, 1 John, wrote the same book. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. My little children, I run into you that you sin not. But if you sin, you have an, everybody know what it is? An advocate, right? Guess what? Same word. Now who's that advocate? Jesus. That's who he's talking about there. You have Jesus, okay? He's saying, I'm sending another person just like me. Another helper. Now, here's here's that one word. Our English can't totally grasp the whole meaning of it. Here's what it means. All the ways that it's translated, helper, counselor, comforter, all those are true. But here's what it actually means. Someone who comes alongside of you. Someone who comes alongside of you as you are Going about doing what Jesus has told you to do. As you are doing the greater works, having a greater impact. As you are praying and you're wanting to know, how do I pray? God, I want to see you answer prayer. As you are trying to love people. (laughs) Isn't that hard? He comes alongside of you. And so here is the promise of the helper. So three things I want to point out here. Okay, here it is. First one. Jesus asked the Father for a helper who will be with us forever. Forever. Okay, so if you're taking notes, you have written down that statement, underline forever. Now, does anybody know the definition of forever? Forever. It's its own definition. No end. He's praying that we will have a helper who will always be with us. So, you know, sometimes I hear people, I say it all the time. God, why do I feel like you're not there? Why do I feel alone? I just feel like you're distant from me. That's a bogus prayer on my part. Why? Because he just said, I'm going to send another helper who will abide with you for whatever. The Spirit's with you all the time. You're never alone. Whoa, write that one down. When you're feeling desperate, when you're feeling uh, like, man, world's collapsing around you. You're the only one going through it. It's like, what in the world am I going to do? I'm telling you right now, listen to me. You are never alone. He is with you forever. Here's the second thing I want you to see. This helper, the spirit, cannot be known or received by the world. Can't be known or received by the word. Look at what he says there. Verse 17, he says this the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you so here's the thing you have with you this helper the spirit who is with you all the time guiding you we're going to as we get further into the into john we're going to find out exactly what the spirit does in our lives but here's what he does he's with you always but listen don't let don't figure on the rest of the world knowing what's happening You talk to them, man, the Spirit's with me today. They're looking at you like, what, are you crazy? What are you talking about? Because they, you say, well, man, didn't you see what he just did in my life and how he interacted? What? That's just a coincidence, man. Are are you sure you're okay? Have you been in the sun too much? You know, drinking that diet stuff affects your brain. You know what I'm saying? And, And so it's because the world doesn't understand you have someone that the world doesn't understand but you know him so that brings us to the third point again reiterating something i've already said to you jesus will not abandon us since the helper will dwell in every follower he's not going to abandon you okay remember i told you okay we get frustrated We get worked up. We get out of sorts. We get wondering, God, do you care? Do you love me? God, do you care? And and a lot of times it's always connected to some sort of crisis in some way. And we just don't know how to handle it. I I don't care how much you got it together and how much you faced before. You know, it's like I look at my life and I think, man, how much more can happen that hasn't already happened to me? And then, boom, something else just knocks me for a loop and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh, God, are you there? You know, listen, he's telling you right here in this verse. Listen to what he says. I will not leave you orphans. I'm not going to abandon you. You'll never be alone. I will come meet with you. Wow. I don't care what's going on in your life right now. You don't know what's going on in my life. I don't care what's happening. You are not alone. He will not abandon you. And I know, I've, I've already had somebody say to me, well, how come he's quiet? How come he's qu- how come he's not saying anything? Because right now I need to hear from him. I need to know because this, this silence that I'm getting is driving me nuts. You ever been there? The silence I'm getting from God is just driving me nuts. I get that way. I get all worked up and then it, then it hit me this morning as I'm in the showers. I was thinking about this. I thought, man. Yeah, but how many times have you been with somebody And you're ranting in the room, and the other guy's just quiet there. And you're like waxing eloquent about the situation, and the other guy's just kind of sitting there. He's listening, he knows, and he's quiet. And then you're like, man, aren't you going to react? We get that way, don't we? And then the one speaks, and you're like, oh yeah, you know what's going on. I'm just freaking out. God's not freaking out. He's there with you. And he's guiding you through it. You say, okay, George, all right, where are we going with this? Let's get back to what we talked about earlier. You and I operate a lot based on our misunderstanding of Jesus. We somehow through life, whether it's through because somebody taught us this or we heard it on the radio or we had some good friend told us that we, we develop these assumptions about Jesus and about God, about how he needs to react or how he's supposed to react Well, God, didn't so-and-so have this, and you did this for him? Don't you do that in my life? And we, we get frustrated, we get angry, we get worked up. And we operate out of that a lot. And the reality is, the problem isn't Jesus. He doesn't change. His promises are the same forever, if you understand them the way he presents them. The problem is with me. Because sometimes I run on little information and make big assumptions. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? We run on little information and make big assumptions. And a lot of times those big assumptions we make are wrong. When in reality, His love for me hasn't changed His being with me hasn't changed. He is always with me. And he will guide me through it. And he'll give me peace. He'll give me comfort. He'll guide me through it. Does it mean that I'm not going to face difficulties? Yeah, you're going to face difficulties. But he'll guide you through it. So what do I need to do? Bring myself back into line with who he is. And what he wants. And that's my encouragement for you today. Hi, folks. This is George. I want to thank you for listening this morning. And I want to tell you about a free app that you can get for your mobile device that will allow you to access all the materials and information you need about our church in one device. Simply go to your app store on your Android or Apple device and search for Kerwinsville Christian Church. The app is free. And what you'll find there is everything you need to know, plus all the teaching from our church, as well as this program. And we hope that you will utilize that in your search for Christ. Until next week, folks, take care and may the Lord bless you.